0: Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby Say Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Uh, We are in the fourth part of a series called Kingdom Cowboys and something, you know, I don't ever preach about what I'm good at. I preach along the lines of what I'm working on and usually what I've figured out in, in this ministry is that there is so much overlap, and it doesn't matter really how long you've been doing this, we all kind of have to work on the the same things. And so, uh, if you want to work on hard things, I have good news for you. God will let you. God will let you, the other other night uh, I, well, I've been, I've asked God, and I know that this might sound weird to y'all, but I've asked God to give me more of a servant's heart. Okay, to be a better servant, to, to be able to see those times and places where I might be able to make a difference in somebody's life starting with the, the people that, that live in my house. And so I've been trying to become a better servant and let me tell you what, it is not for the faint of heart, okay? So I, I warn you that it will grow you uh, uh, about like the first workout you've ever done and you go too hard, right? It, it will grow you and you'll be sore from it. Well, the, the other night, um, with, with this mindset of, of trying to be a better leader in my home and a better servant, um, I had been doing a lot of stuff and it was, it was at the end of the night. We'd already had supper. We'd already cleaned up and everything. And before I relaxed, um, I, I went in and my wife was in the bathroom, uh, piddling around cause she never stops. And I said, honey, you know, before I sit down, is there anything that you need? And she goes, no, no, you've been doing, you've been, she's so sweet to me all the time. She's like, you've been doing so much. Just go sit down and relax. What, your show or whatever you want to do? It's like, okay, baby. So I get down there and I, and I sit down and like I've got the bougie couch that is plugged in. So you just hit a button and it and it reclines for you, right? Well, it, it's kind of nice, but it takes like four minutes to recline. So it's like, and you finally get it into that, that perfect spot. And right as I turn the TV on, this head comes around the corner. She goes, oh, honey. Do you know if my makeup bag is in the truck? Honey, I don't know. I didn't even know you had a makeup bag. I have not convinced her that she's the most beautiful woman in the world and doesn't need all that paint. Right? So I'm like, I I don't know, honey. She goes, you go look (laughs) I would love to honey (laughs) 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 clunk get up it's cold outside it had snowed get everything on I walk out there and I open up my truck door to where Cammy sits and sure enough there's a thing, there's, there's a bag with makeup in it. Never seen this thing before in my life. And I'm like, bonus, this servant stuff is easy. So I grab it up, close it, walk inside, get all the snow off my boots and everything and I walk in there and I set it on the deal and I was like, is there anything else, huh? She goes, no, thank you so much for that. I was like, hey, no problem. No problem. I was like, "Do you need anything else?" She goes, "No, not at all." She go 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 relax. I'm sorry about that. Just go relax. Okay, okay, honey, I will. Snookum, snooky, you know the little deal. So I go in there and I. Okay. Honey, that's the wrong makeup bag. I said, there's two? She said, yeah, it, it's the other one. I said, it has makeup in it and it's a bag. She goes, yeah, but, but I, I'm looking for the snoop thistle. I, I don't know. She said something. She was looking for something. I don't even remember what it was. It's like a snoop thistle or something like that. And so she goes. It's in the other bag. Like there's not another bag. She goes. The the two bags are always together. So i was like, fine. (laughs) Get up, my. Wish she'd have told me that there was two makeup bags before. But that's okay. I'm being a servant, God. (laughs) I walk out there. Sure enough, there's another bag out there. It ain't got no makeup in it, but it looks, it's not even really a bag. You, it's, it's like this thing that you roll up. It's like for paint brushes, Okay, I mean, that it, it doesn't have no makeup in it, but I mean, it's got like a four-inch paintbrush in it. It's got an eye brush in it. Probably has a butt brush in it, I don't know, it's got a bunch, I mean, brushes like this long that they just roll up and you tie it together and put it on your horse or something, I don't know. (laughs) But I get it, and I walk back in, get all the snow off my feet, take them off, walk in there, set it down, she's like, thanks baby, I'm I'm sorry about it, no problem baby. I don't tell her that God's, you know, I've asked God to make me a servant, right? So I'm like, it ain't no big deal, baby. Is there anything else I can do for you? She goes, no, baby, you just go relax, okay? You sure? She goes, yeah. So I just stand there. (laughs) And she's doing something. She's like, is there, is there, was there anything else, honey? No. No. I just stand there. Finally, she's <laughs> like, You're being weird. <laughs> I was like, Okay. So, probably being a servant doesn't have anything to do with being weird. So I go back out and I. No. <laughs> Click. Hey, honey. No! No, absolutely not. She's like, no, no, no. Do You want to hear something funny? I was like, no. She goes, no, it's really funny. I was like, what? She goes, the snot fizzle was sitting right here the whole time. And I said, of course it was. Of course it was. And then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit came over me. And in my mind was a scripture, do not repay evil for evil, (laughs) but be good to everyone. And my face shone like the sun. No, it didn't do that. It didn't do that. Listen, today we're going to be talking about that verse and some others As we continue our series called Kingdom Cowboys, in the first part of our now going on four-part series, uh, we learned how to build each other up with encouragement, okay? Like, man, there might be some other things that we can use in the periphery for building each other up, you know, like tough love, that might be part of it. But that's that's like a a 3% deal. The, the Bible says, man, if you want to build people up, like 95% of it is just encouraging people. You don't have to blow smoke up their butts or anything like that, but just be encouraging. We learned about that. A whole, a whole sermon about being encouraging, right? And then the second week, we, we kind of stopped for a second just to be sure that everybody knew what the kingdom of God was. Because we're talking about how to be a cowboy in the kingdom of God right so we stopped for a second and we learned about the kingdom of god that it is a real place it has a it, it's a real kingdom it has a throne room it has a court it has subjects it has intrigue it has betrayal it has a war it has messengers i mean like this is a literal kingdom of god and but it's not in our physical realm of existence right but it is still a kingdom right And then, last week, we learned about how to deal with those of the three cardinal sins of cowboying, okay? We learned the three cardinal sins of cowboying and how to deal with those that commit these cardinal cowboy sins. What are the three cardinal cowboy sins? Lazy, timid, and weak that are the exact opposites of everything that a cowboy stands for but God chooses those three things to say hey man be patient with those that are this way and you know and we learned all about how to handle all of that. Well today we will look at some of those things that we probably need to ask God to help us on and to do harder things And the good news is is that when you ask him to take you on these journeys of growth, you're going to have to do hard things and he'll let you do hard things. We'll pick up in uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 15. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 15. I love that sound. I do. No, Seriously. I love the sound of a baby in church or kids in church because that means they're worshiping with their parents, right? It's the greatest sound in the world. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.15. See that no one pays back evil for evil, but always try to do good to each other and to all people, right? These are, there's a very important distinction in this verse that might not be apparent That means it doesn't have kids. It may not be a parent. (laughs) That wasn't even in the notes. That was just, boom. There's an important distinction here that isn't apparent at first because they're single, okay? Uh, (laughs) See, see that no one pays back evil for evil, right? Right? Who are we to see that these people aren't doing that, right? I mean, who is, who are we supposed to be looking at? Because it says, see that no one pays back evil for evil. Well, who are we supposed to be seeing Right? Are we supposed to be? Are we supposed to be watching for this in other people, uh, friends? Is it? Is it a family issue? Is it? Is it our coworkers? Is it our church friends? Or should we like get some, you know, armor and a big old white sheet and put a red cross and go on our crusade to battle evildoers that are doing evil things? I mean, who? It says, "See to it that no one pays back evil for evil." What does that mean? Who are we supposed to see that no one? Who are these ones, right? The people we are to see are the only ones that we have any control over, okay? And that's ourselves. And it becomes more apparent that he's talking about ourselves when you read it with that in mind. See to it that no one pays back evil for evil, but always try to do good to each other and to all people. He's not talking about anybody in the world except you and me. That's who he's talking to. You be sure we change the world by not doing evil for evil right? We be sure that evil stops at our doorstep. It it has nowhere else to go. It dies in front of of us. This isn't about others. This is about us. It's about me, no one else. This verse is telling us that one of the best ways to fight evil is to be the place where it fails. Right. If somebody does something evil to you, you don't turn around and go, "Well, they do." You know that old "eye for an eye" deal. And, and by the way, "eye for an eye" is is an Old Testament biblical uh, thing, right? Somebody does something to you, then then you have every right. They have to make it up to you. That's why, if you read, I believe it's in Galatians. With Paul's ministry of reconciliation, and I know I'm getting kind of far up here, but the reason that the Jews had such a hard time believing in Jesus is because we were the ones that sinned, and so therefore, we should have been the ones that had to make it up to God, but instead, God sent somebody to make it up for us. It... It flies in the face of an eye for an eye. Jesus says that might have been the way it was in the past, but now it's not that way. We don't pay back evil for evil. Don't worry. Listen, this verse is telling us that one of the best ways to fight evil is to be the place where it stops. Don't let it continue. Let it die on your doorstep. Don't worry so much about what others are doing and worry about being the solution, not the problem you were put on this earth as reborn Christians, new creations, to be the solution to the problem, not the continuance of it. If you wanna get to the next level, if you wanna be 50% better than everybody else, then let evil die right on your doorstep no matter what. Do not pay back evil for evil, but always try to do good to each other and to all people. And listen, if you are hearing a spirit of division, would you ignore it right now? And let me tell you how if you're, if you're hearing the spirit of division right now. If in your head you're like, well, if somebody tries to come and do this to me, I'm not going to... Ignore that voice for just a second. Okay? Okay. Ignore that voice for just a second. Let's just concentrate on what God is saying. And if anybody thinks that God is saying with this verse that if somebody comes and tries to kill your family, that you're supposed to just let them do it. That is not what this verse says. Let's be grown. I will not include my adjective that goes with grown. Be grown adults for a second. Do not repay evil for evil but always try to do good to each other and to all people. That will fit 99.9% of all of your dealings. Don't worry about that 0.1% because chances are that Jesus will come back before somebody comes to your door and tries to kill you and all your family, okay? The odds are stacked against that, okay? In, in this world, not in the one that we prayed for at the beginning, right? We have to get over, if we're going to live this verse, do not repay evil for evil, we have to get over our reactionary mindset, okay? We have to get out of our our reactionary mindset. Unfortunately, the best measure of a man isn't how successful he is in the good times. The best measure of a man or a woman is how they handle themselves in hard times, And I'm not that great at it, to be honest with you. But I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I'm doing little things that help me with that. And I pray that you do too. Do hard things. Because, see, cowboys in the kingdom, they don't shy away from doing hard things. Oh, you want me to go rope that bull by myself on a colt? That's what we do. That's what we do. We don't shy away from hard things, especially where God is concerned. The good news is that I get to work on this until I'm better about it. A kingdom cowboy is good at the hard stuff, not just the showy stuff. you going to cowboy up for God today, you're going to have to learn to start doing hard things that are against your very nature of wanting to pay back evil for evil, right? Have you ever wondered what it would be like if God just told you what he wanted Wouldn't that make so much easier? Like, what if God just said, hey, listen, listen, this is what I want you to do. Wouldn't that just help tremendously? What if I told you that he's done that in black and white? What if he just in black and white told you what he wanted from you, right? Maybe these next verses are just for you. Hang on just a second. 1 Thessalonians 5.16. We're moving on from 5.15. We're not going to pay back evil for evil, right? Even where schnop fizzles are concerned, right? We're not going to pay back evil for evil. But in 5.16, Paul takes a stand and says, this is what cowboys in the kingdom of God are like. Always be joyful, Now, I'm just going to read these whole next three verses so that you can kind of have a preview of where we're going. But it says, always be joyful, never stop praying, right? Be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. What did he just say? Always be joyful, never stop praying, be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. There you go. You want to know what to do day in and day out as you work on these hard things to become the the man of God with all the authority that he has given us in this kingdom of his? Always be joyful, never stop praying, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Man, this Christianity stuff, he asks too much. He asks us to always be joyful, never stop talking to him, and always be thankful. Man, let's talk about those three things for just a second. Always be joyful. Well, that's easy, isn't it? I'll uh, always be joyful. See, see the difference in happiness and joyful. Here's the difference. Happiness is dependent on circumstances. Happiness is an emotion. Okay? Joyfulness is a mindset and is not dependent upon circumstances. Okay? Happiness is an emotion, joyfulness is a mindset. If there was ever something that is easier said than done, this is it. Always be joyful. But God doesn't leave us hanging because he shows us one aspect of how to always be joyful. And that is to never stop praying. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. Never stop praying. Praying Have you ever stopped and asked yourself Be really honest with yourself right now and if you kind of drifted off because it's not as funny anymore Let's come back for just a second, okay? Have you ever wondered what the point in praying to a God whose will has to be done and will be done? What's the point of praying if God's will will be done? You ever ask yourself that? Well, I have I have See, this has helped me tremendously. And I've never heard anyone else say this. So I hope that this helps you as well. And I hope you're really paying attention right now because this might be the most powerful part of the whole sermon. Okay? Prayer is the means by which we execute and influence the world around us with the authority that we've been given by God. Let me say that again, prayer is the means by which we execute the authority given to us by God. It's how we affect that spiritual realm that we cannot see, it's by prayer, okay? We have been given authority and some of you are like, what do you mean we've been given authority? Well, Adam was given authority in the Garden of Eden, wasn't he not? He was to name all the animals and to, and to be the boss over everything, right? And, and we know how that went. It didn't go so well. Right, But the Bible says that we have the authority to trample on snakes and scorpions. We have the authority to resist the devil and he will flee from us. We have been given the authority to drive out demons, to heal the sick and bring salvation to the lost. We are not the source. We're just the means by which this physical world is affected in the, in the spiritual. Right? Prayer is how we use that authority, okay? By praying for those that are sick, to thank God for what he has done, to help us in times of trouble, to send aid to those who are in crisis. Listen, listen. One of the worst things you can ever do to an employee or to a child or to anybody else is to give them responsibility for something without the authority that they need to accomplish it. Does that make sense? Like if I, if I told my son to, make, to, to help Jake get in the truck, then I must give him the responsibility, Jace, to say, Jake, it's time to get in the truck, right? And Jake's cool big brother like that. You'd be like, "Yeah, thanks for the help, buddy," right? But we are supposed—we are given the amount of authority that we need to accomplish the tasks that God has put before us. Are we not an ambassador for Christ? Then we've been given the authority of an ambassador. Don't forget, Jesus said, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. See, Christians, you want to know why God is so on us to be holy? It's because you have been given the, a great authority on this earth with God's power living in you. You don't just give that out willy-nilly, Right? You want to to see a great social experiment? I used to work for the Texas Department of Criminal Justice Institutional Division. That's a fancy word to say, and I worked in prisons. It is crazy that regardless of age, sex, gender, color, creed, or religion, the day you walk in on your first day in a prison, you're the boss over 1,300 people. And you should see what that authority does to some people it's horrible. You watch what happens when people are given authority for something and watch how they handle it. Well, you have the Holy Spirit, the same power that brought Jesus back from the dead lives inside of us as believers. No wonder God is saying, this is how you should act. This is how you should act. This is what you should do. Stay away from this. Go after He's given us this road map because we've been given this powerful authority and we're using it just, <laughs> we are co-heirs with Christ. We are the adopted sons of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Act like it. Amen. Thank you. Prayer is how we use that authority by praying for those that are sick to thank God for what he has done to help us in times of trouble, to send aid to those that are in crisis. You are more than you ever dreamed you could be. And some of you need to open up your eyes to the amazing power that resides inside of you. The power to create you as a new creation, to give you eternal life. And you know what? This authority level that I'm talking about, it has differing levels, okay? It has differing levels because the Bible says that the prayers of the righteous are powerful and effective. It doesn't say the prayers of everybody are powerful and effective, It says the prayers of the righteous. That's why I'm teaching you to do hard things so that your authority will go up so that you can influence this evil world with the power of the Holy Spirit that resides in you. Mm. If that doesn't get you going, I don't know what will. I don't know what will. Listen, we have been given the duty And by duty, I mean the authority needed to fulfill the great battle plan. And what is the great battle plan? Go out into the world, Jesus said to them, all authority on heaven and earth has been given unto me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all men and all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all that I am commanding. And to remember that I'll be with you to the very end of the age. My power will never leave you. Man alive, we have been given the authority to fulfill the great battle plan or we've been given the duty to fulfill that and the means by which to influence a world that has free will for the kingdom of God and that's what prayer does. It influences A world that has free will and it influences it for the kingdom of God, that's what prayer does. That's why what you do and how you behave as a Christian affects your authority. The Bible also has other words for this authority. It's it's the light that shines through us. Listen, when a lost person comes to you, they don't come to you because you're a great person. Their soul inside sees the authority in you sees the light shining from within you. It ain't your light, it's God's light shining through you. So when they come to you for prayer and for help and for other things, you have to understand that they are seeing what's inside of you. Why can't you? They're taking it seriously. Why can't you? And then he says, It says, always be joyful, and we do that by praying all the time, and I've just expounded to you how important that prayer is, right? And be thankful in all circumstances. You know, it's hard to be in a bad mood when you're being thankful, right? Listen, one of the most powerful parts of sin is the ability of it to make us focus on what we lack instead of what we've been given. Everything was perfect in the Garden of Eden, Adam had been given everything except the fruit off of one tree. But yet sin, sin makes us see what we lack, not what we have. Sin sees us, makes us see what we lack instead of what we have. Being thankful might just be the closest thing in the universe, behind love to being a cure for everything that ails us. being thankful. Just being thankful will change your entire life, right? It's so important to God for us to be thankful that he actually finished his thought out by saying, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. He wants you to be joyful, never stop praying, and be thankful. If you came here today wondering what God wanted for your life, then I've just told you. God just told you. He wants you to be joyful despite your circumstances, to never stop praying, and to be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Well, if that's, not, if that's not in black and white, I don't know what is, right? Well, listen. In the next verse, it says, but there are things out there that can limit, oh, well, but there are some things out there that can limit our effectiveness in the kingdom of God. And this is where we end. Number one. Do not stifle the Holy Spirit, 1 Thessalonians 5.19. Do not stifle the Holy Spirit. How in the world could we do that? Well, it's easier than you think because Paul, once again, tells us how we do it. Don't scoff at prophecy. That's what he says. Do not stifle the Holy Spirit. In other words, don't lock him in a box where he cannot work. And we do that by scoffing at prophecy. And what does that mean? Well, Jesus is coming back. And it says that he will come back like a thief in the night for some, right? He is coming back, but we scoff at prophecy when we go, <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's way in the future. I don't have to worry about that right now. Yes, you do. You have to worry about it right now. You have to worry about it right now if you're a Christian. Do not scoff at prophecies. But it says more than that. It says don't be a cynic. Listen. There's many people in our churches today that have mastered the art of being a curmudgeon, right? That is not a spiritual gift, okay? Being the curmudgeon that has to have something bad to say about every little thing, that is not a spiritual gift, okay? Don't be a cynic curmudgeon or a Debbie Downer. Don't be the one that pokes holes in everything just because you can and you think everybody else is stupid, okay? Don't poke holes in everything. Well, I guess you didn't think about this and this and this. Man, you're, being, you're, you're creating problems for every solution right? Don't scoff at prophecy. When you scoff at prophecy, you basically put a hat over the authority and the light that shines through you. Don't do it. Don't invent problems to test the grit of others. And there's some people that do that. And if you don't know anybody that does it, chances are you're that. He says, do not stifle the Holy Spirit. Do not scoff at prophecies but test everything that is said. That's what it says. But test everything that is said. While we are told not to be a critic, Paul also tell us not to be gullible Garys either. Right? Don't be a Debbie Downer, but don't be a gullible Gary either. He says, listen to what is said, but don't take my word for it. Go find out for yourself, Right? Don't scoff at prophecy, but don't believe every word somebody says. You know what I want you to do? I want you to go home and look up 1 Thessalonians 5, 15 through 19 or 20. I want you to test what I've said. I want you to go see about the authority that you have as a Christian. I want you to go see about the light that shines through you that is the Holy Spirit. I want you to test everything I said. And then it says this, and we'll close. Hold on to what is good and stay away from every kind of evil. Man, that's, that's simple, ain't it? How do you know what is good, though? Well, listen, good gets to know each other pretty well. People say, well, I don't think you have to go to church to be a Christian. You're right. You don't. You don't. But see, good gets to know each other pretty well. And when you hang around with good people, you start seeing what good looks like. When you start doing good things, you start seeing what good looks like. Good recognizes itself in others. It's what love is made out of, right? Doing good things and celebrating good things and hearing good things and seeing good things, you get to know good things pretty quickly. That's how you can say, that's how Paul can say, hold on to what is good, stay away from every kind of evil. And if you're not sure you can do that at this point, if you don't have that level of discernment yet, start off with something you know is good. Stuff we've talked about today. Don't repay evil for evil. Be thankful, be joyful in all situations. Never stop praying, right? Be thankful in all circumstances. And how can you stay away from every kind of evil? You exercise that authority we talked about earlier. Listen, you have been given the authority to walk away, trample over, and destroy every stronghold against you. You just got to use it a lot to get used to what it can do and what it's for. You've been given that authority is what I'm saying. You've been given that authority to walk away from those things, to repent of sin. You've been given the authority. You just got to use it, the authority, to get used to what it can do and what it's for. You are the child of the king of kings, the lord of lords. You are a cowboy in the kingdom of God. We have been given authority and this really does mean something. It's not theory. This world is going to hell in a handbasket and a select few of us have seen that narrow gate and we are waiting for the fullness of the Gentiles before Jesus comes back and every soul that we help save. We don't do the saving, Jesus does the saving, but we're the conduit through which that love flows. Man, what an amazing gift we have been given. And I pray right now that you go out this week And you work on hard things because that's what cowboys do. We don't shy away from the hard, we go right at it. And then people come up to us later and they say, man, how do you make it look so easy? Practice. Practice. Listen, hold on to what is good, stay away from every kind of evil. Listen, I want you to be open-minded, but don't be so open-minded that your brains fall out, okay? Let's do that if we can, and let's go out there, and let's use the authority that we've been given to influence a world that has free will but needs our Lord and Savior so much. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, we thank you for who you are and the message that you've been given. God, you have been talking to that one. I've, I've heard it the whole time, God. I've seen it in their eyes as they look. They know that they are destined for more than what they are today. And that can only be found not in money or houses or horses or anything like that. It can only be found in a relationship with you. One where you are Lord of Lord and King of Kings and where we obey you. And that so that our authority will grow so that we can influence this world more and more until you come back and change things and every knee shall bow. And everyone will notice that you are the King. God, give us the courage and the grit to stand up and become who you called us to be, and it's in your name I pray. Amen. Six o'clock tonight, there's something for everybody. I love y'all, and we'll see you next week.